when she does join, the first thing that stands out is her physical prowess, right? They're like, oh, she's young, but she's physically impressive because she essentially, they were like a moving circus, right? As a family. Uh, think Robin, right? Robin's a great example for- A perfect some, example. Yeah. Uh, except she has parents still. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Welcome to Casuals Room Terra, episode 127. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Edge. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're excited to talk about an episode with some flair today. <laughs> Don't listen. This guy's a menace, all right? Let's, we're going to try to try keep this PG-13. Uh, let's start with housekeeping. You can listen to us everywhere. Uh, email us at podcastcore.gmail.com. Follow us on uh, or visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then you know follow us on all the platforms we appreciate it and then leave a like and comment but the easiest way is word of mouth tell a friend to become ethan hunt by listening to the casuals of runeterra podcast <laughs> yes this episode's called mission impossible <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting on to me <laughs> You're telling me I'm the menace. Listen, nerd, nerd, nerds don't only focus on fantasy. All right. <laughs> I am a huge Mission Impossible right. guy. So new rule for this episode, you need to be on a treadmill running at full sprint for the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> really test yourself. Uh, but we're talking about Samira, and we'll, we'll get into why we have the Ethan Hunt reference here. Uh, but first, oh, yeah. we start with the smell. Yes. So uh, this one, we're going to go with a, uh, from in my book, a bit more of a fun spell. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Pirouette. So Pirouette is a three mana slow speed spell um, <laughs> that deals one damage to anything and it will stun an enemy. But it does have plunder and the plunder is I cost two less. So if you have... Uh, the means as far as getting over the top uh, damage before you cast a spell, it's going to be one mana, deal one to anything, and stun a unit. Uh, so especially for aggressive strategies, this is something that could be very useful. Uh, or if you're playing something that relies on a stun package, like the stun could be something useful too. Uh, but you, you're going to need a way as far as plunder, have the plunder trigger, because the three mana is just too expensive. Uh, for its effect but of course for our purposes of the show um the flavor is something i really enjoy here uh it is a direct quote from a character and it is what i was stretching don't tell me you died to me stretching <laughs> <laughs> uh the, i think that's gonna set this tone pretty well for this episode <laughs> yeah we're talking about noxus obviously so you guys should be expecting uh some Blood and gore with flair. <laughs> yeah, I, like if you if you don't if you don't if this is like your kind of like your intro into League of Legends characters. Thank you for choosing us, first of all. But <laughs> yeah. also go listen to our Draven episode. I think Draven is a great you know kind of kind of a way to whet your appetite before you dive into Samira here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, and this takes us to the character. I mean, who said it? 
Yes. So that is a direct quote from our follower today. And that card is going to be the Elegant Edge. Uh, I love this card. Uh, so Elegant Edge is a... I wonder one- why, Hatch. I wonder. <laughs> I really do. You, you leave me confused. Shush. Shush. <laughs> um, so Elegant Edge is a one mana, one, two. Uh, with fearsome and it has plunder grant me plus two plus oh uh and i love this card because it's a one drop with fearsome uh and we've seen from back in the day that the uh, like if you're looking at like the spider package and everything that that a one drop with fearsome is really good as far as just setting you up to get to a finishing point with an aggressive deck and then the plunder is that it could become a three two with fearsome for one mana like what what's not to like i yeah. i like this card um but the the quote also just kind of sets the tone for the episode too uh so the the quote on the elegant edge herself is my fee is steep and i don't work for just anybody if you're lucky enough to hire me you get grace poise and blades that never miss their mark but most of all style because who doesn't love killing with a flourish uh and the uh, for me, I just love this whole kind of package. It's kind of like um, for Warhammer fans out there, it's like the Harlequins. Like mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it is more about putting on a show than it is about getting a job done. Like who cares if you killed your target and got out alive if you didn't put on a good show? You're, we might kill you for not putting on a good show. <laughs> I I love it. It's a it's one of my favorite fantasy tropes. Yeah, don't put this quote in your LinkedIn bio. <laughs> that's not gonna get you hired uh, well if you live in noxus go ahead and put it in your LinkedIn bio. um but for for the for us here in north america yeah like keep it away from linkedin <laughs> <laughs> this takes us to our champion which is samira we already told you that right so yeah. just a disclaimer here samira's story is very straightforward kind of follows a few tropes and nothing really exciting comes out of it uh, so we're kind of going to blow through it, but there's more to the underpinnings of the th- the theme of Sam- Samira and what she plays, the role she plays in Noxus as a whole. So Samira's family is from the city of Amakra, which is on the eastern edge of the Great Sai in Shurima. So this is, remember, Shurima is below Noxus and there's kind of a gulf in between them. Uh, so somewhere in the eastern like northern corner of that is where yeah. we're looking. Uh, so as far as ge- geographically speaking, it is like directly south of Noxus, and it is a bit west of the Bilgewater Islands. But it is located on the sea that separates these two continents from each other, uh, which is known as the Conqueror's Sea. And, and yeah. if you listen to our Kale episode, that's the sea that Kale's family crossed to get to Demacia, but that they were from Targon, which is all the way to the west. Yeah. Yeah. So her family are street performers. This is how they make their living. And around the age of 14, the city is attacked by zealots of an ancient Magus, which this kind of gives us a time frame. This ancient Magus, we're assuming, is Zareth at this point. And the zealots are the people kind of carrying on his legacy post all the shenanigans that happen. Go listen to those episodes. I mean, Zareth, Pantheon, any of those episodes, you'll kind of get a gist 
of what's going on here and what yep. the time frame is. But during this specific event, she witnesses the horrors, and it's kind of that trope of the little girl standing in the middle of a city crying as the city around her is being torn to shreds and bursting into flames uh, by an oppressive force. And the one thing that comes out of this is her, because she survives and her parents survive, um, with, you know, out they take some damage and there's some issues there that complicate their life because they have to leave. Uh, but her goal at the end of this is to never feel helpless again. Yeah, and and that is luckily the fact that because we've talked a lot of episodes that follow tropes kind of to a T, um, and this one luckily the deviation from it is the character herself because she's not just the little girl that's you know standing in ruin and crying and you know being the symbol of innocence destroyed. She's the little girl that's standing there going, "Yeah, no, I'm not letting this happen again." Like yeah, so a lot more along the lines of um of Kaisa here where it just strengthens her resolve instead of her being the sign of innocence. Yeah. So and this is stated so after this happens, they can no longer live here. They try to seek refuge. And they become refugees. They actually use that word. And they escape, escape north to Belzoon, which at this point is a port city under Noxian rule. So they pretty much hit the first place they can by crossing uh, the sea. And that's where they end up. And when they get here, her parents are no longer able to street perform due to, you know, the issues and complications that resulted from the attack. So she attempts to do it herself. This is what she knows. She's still young. Uh, but she's unable to earn a living. And this is the most important part of the story is she then hears about the financial benefits of joining a war band um, in this Noxian territory. And she jumps at the opportunity. Now, this is the part we point out is most important because in our previous episode, we gave a little you know hint and nod to this one where we talk about Damasia and their sense of justice and how that leads that area into jingoism and how that plays a role in Damasia's history to where we know now. For Noxians, it's different, right? There is no greater power, quote unquote, there's no kale. It's a amalgamation of different conquered villages, cities, etc. And because they are refugee status and because there's an assimilation of all these different cultures, one way they get them on the same page is to have them incentivized to join the military. And this is something that, uh, especially for, you know, Ryan and I, we get to see this kind of every day in our yeah. lives. Um, and like for, for me, like my hometown is the perfect example of this. Uh, Cause I remember being young and one of the one of the more uh, busy strips of my hometown, which is a suburb of a suburb of a big city, that strip, there was one corner of a shopping center that was just recruiting stations. There was a, yep. a recruiter for the Marines, the Army, the Navy and the Air Force. And they were all like in the same building right on top of each other. And. Uh, specifically for where I live, the uh, over the years, we've had a lot of issues with gentrification. Mm -hmm. And the more gentrified the area became, the sooner that those recruiting stations left. Yep. Because all of a sudden, the, the benefit of getting a good paycheck 
wasn't good enough anymore because uh, the now the jobs in the area were paying about the same as the military. Yep. So why would you sign up for the military and potentially go risk your lives when you could just go get another job and get the same pay without risking your life. So yeah, yeah, we, that this is just a very real thing that happens for a lot of Americans here. <laughs> exactly. And we'll get more into that in, you know, the later part after we finish up her main story. But when she does join, the first thing that stands out is her physical prowess, right? They're like, Oh, she's young, but she's physically impressive because she essentially, they were like a moving circus, right? As a family, uh, think Robin, Right, Robin's a great example for a perfect some, example. Yeah, uh, except she has parents still. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now I'm curious if the Batman of this story has parents still too. Uh, so, of course, she does catch the eye of Batman, who will be played by Captain Indari in this story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. They're like, okay, she's physically impressive, but the part they realize as she joins the standard um, kind of base military is that she's a bit reckless um, with her endeavors, and this is because of her experience with the attack. So she never wants to let up. She never wants to go easy. So they're like, we got to get her somewhere else. Like, we don't want her to leave the military, but she can't be in standard forces, and this is when she catches the eye of Captain Indari. And this is the special forces where Indari's like, hey, join us. We do the fun shit, right? We're the Navy SEALs, essentially. And through this, she gets pulled into the regiment, and she starts to fully embrace the Noxian culture. And, I mean, to the point where it even mentions in the story that she starts getting tats, right? Like, this is a very – this story has – it's saying something, okay? Yeah. Uh, and the <laughs> this story is definitely saying something, yeah. and it's not really being subtle about the message that it's sending. But uh, this is the big turning point as far as uh, for Samira because at this point, everything that she had been doing, um, it wasn't – the beginning of it wasn't to take care of her family, right? Like the beginning yeah. of it was to seek a thrill. And then it was solidified even further by experiencing crippling fear for the first time and vowing to never let that fear control her again. And so, of course, you if you're going to be in the military, you have to have some semblance of discipline. And she's not going to have any of it because to her, like, she never wants to feel like confined again. And discipline by nature is confining your impulses. So the, it's kind of a it worked out perfectly to where she didn't she's not getting dishonorably discharged for her behavior. She's just getting recognized by, you know, guys that are like, hey, if you want we do the fun shit. Like you can come do the fun shit with us and we'll, we'll handle the, the pump status of the military for you. You just come in and get the job done. That was extremely well said. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to point that out. Yeah. So this takes us to, you know, she has a streak of good missions, right? Which good quote unquote, um, she's serving the purpose of her nation, for example. Uh, yeah. But there's a mission that goes wrong where they're sent out to crush a secessionist uprising um, in a specific area. And once they get to the fortress, they realize the fortress is booby-trapped and explodes, causing significant injuries to the whole team, specifically Captain Inadari. And this even causes Samira to lose an eye because she goes in to the explosion to save the captain. And after this mission fails, they actually disband the group uh, because in 
Indari feels that, you know, she let them down. She took them on a mission. She didn't really calculate it right. And she failed as a leader uh, in this leads to disbanding of the group. And Samira is not not happy about this. Yeah, I like it's set up really well as far as to help us understand how much Samira dislikes this decision because of how much she embraced the military lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. The last thing that she wants is to get sent back home and be told to be a civilian again. Like she, she's going to be one of those guys that if you're, you know, if they're fortunate enough to survive and to stay alive, the, these are the guys that come back home that are like, just waiting for any opportunity to get back overseas again. And unfortunately for Samira, she's back home and she's not seeing that opportunity to go back yet. Yeah. So she and, goes, yeah, she goes to the wounded. So Captain Nadari, by the way, um, lost the use of her legs. She's now wheelchair bound. And Samira goes to her and is like, hey, what if we just do this ourselves, right? What if you be my eyes and ears, my intel, the man behind the screen type business, and I'll go out to the field on a lower profile for certain missions, essentially as a mercenary for hire, which Noxus usually has no problem with. Um, and they're like, okay, cool. So you do a few missions. Obviously, she does well, right? And the upper ranks are like, oh, shit, we don't have a spec ops in this team anymore, but we now have this soldier that was already standing out, and she's actually performing. We can get her into you know tighter scenarios that require a more delicate hand um wink wink nod nod black rose uh so <laughs> that being said they start to do this and it works and we are left off in this story with her essentially becoming a solo operative and handling the important missions all over runeterra uh, but as we mentioned in our Demacia story is when you start to send people outside of the field of indoctrination things start to slightly change and, but we're not going to get to see those things nope. change within her bio. Like now she is a mercenary. Yeah. She, when you need something done and the rules be damned, you call Ethan Hunt Samira. <laughs> right. And uh, un unlike Ethan Hunt, Samira tends to uh, be a lot more, uh, a lot more open about like who she is. Yeah. Like she's not trying to put on masks and sneak in. Uh, she's, you know, more akin to sliding on a surfing like sword, <laughs> guns a blazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's that takes us to the card. Yeah. She's uh, also not going rogue either, which is really good for Noxus at the moment, right? Ethan Hunt goes rogue like what twice every movie. <laughs> <laughs> And it's also kind of surprising because Noxus is the nation where it's like, yeah, if you're if you're power hungry, you're going rogue. Mm -hmm, and Samir mm -hmm. is just not power hungry. She's just an adrenaline chunk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out great. But yeah, the the card, this is um this card's weird. I I, I like it, but it's so weird. I don't think I'll ever be able to play it well. Um, so it is a two mana, two, two with quick attack because, of course, the champion has quick attack. Yep. Um, and then uh, when summoned or when I strike, create a flare in hand if you don't have one. Uh, and the flare, as I don't have it pulled up. It's Ryan, a, save me. Yeah, it's a one mana burst spell that has deal one to an enemy nexus or give an allied Samira challenger this round. So it allows her to either trigger plunder or uh, to pick her blockers. 
Yep. Thank you. All right. And that like it is really good as far as like for a quick attack uh, champion to get challenger. You already know if you've been here for a long time. I love challenger effects, mm -hmm. so I'm totally down for it. Uh, but the level up is I've seen you play six plus cards resets when you start around with the attack token. So you've got you got to play six cards in a turn. So that's uh, that's Not a heavy easy. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, totally, totally. What am I saying? So easy. I do it in my sleep. Um, so let's look at the payoff. to play one card for six mana. That's that's his prerequisite. Look, I think Lux is underrated. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we've got with, on the flip side, we have a three three with or no three four with quick attack. And when I'm summoned or strike, create a zero cost flare in hand. So there you go. And then when you play six cards rally mm. and that resets at the start of a round um so the as far as like the the payoff on this is like still needing to kind of miracle your way to get that payoff but we've seen a lot of decks do really gross things with rally so you can never you can never just say okay it's a samira and they've got three mana with five cards in hand I don't think they can do it with three mana. You're never safe, right? Like you've got to just <laughs> assume that they have the means to rally yeah. because rally is terrifying. Yeah, it's the reason they play the card. And the the thing about this is they do a really good. I, we've we've talked about this before. Once again, Riot does a good job of taking the Samira in game that you know and her combo system and bringing that to a a, a thematic conclusion here where it functions the same way. Um, by doing all these Absolutely. things in a turn with a flare, and then you get a payoff, which is the rally, which ultimately should end the confrontation, which is how she enters situations in the story as well. Yeah. And of course, another thing they did a great job on is the card art for both sides, yep. uh, the art representation of Samira. I have yet to see any art involving Samira that does not have me screaming step on me at the top <laughs> of my lungs. Yeah, um, she has so step on me energy. Even when they revealed her, we knew what they were doing. Please. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but that does yeah. take us to the flavor. So uh, on the front side, we've got a direct quote from Samira. And I'm always running down some Mark who ran up debts he couldn't pay. And running from those debts makes you the wrong kind of enemies. The ones who call me. <laughs> um, and I, I love that quote because it is that is just the character that we know and have fallen in love with. Like it's yeah. Samira to a T. And one thing to keep in mind, which we didn't, I didn't mention up top, is that remember the incident that happened to her was when she was 14. So she's still very young. And when you look at her, especially her character model and how she presents herself, it's more of not so much a mature woman more of someone whose brashness or her, her age was pushed forward because of the experience. And that brashness is a very noxious thing. So she comes across as more experienced and more in control, quote unquote. But we know yeah. counter to that. And of course, that brashness uh, is, you know, something that she is going to adopt because of how much she accepted 
Noxus as her nation, right? Like, um, and as, as someone being first generation Cuban American, I know what it's like when you're, as far as having a parent that is just fully taking it on, yeah. like, yeah, like they, <laughs> this nation can do no wrong. Um, so like that, that's Samira, like the Noxus can't be wrong. Therefore I will embody all of it, including yep. the brashness. Um, and speaking of brashness, let's go to the other side of this uh, card with the quote. Um, and it's another direct quote and. I had a feeling there was more going on here than a little debt and debt evader. And Dari calls these complications. I call them flavor. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> like Samira, Samira loves what she does. All right? You can't take that away from her, regardless of indoctrination or not. She really does love what she does. Yes. And yeah. What she does is kill people <laughs> <laughs> and for money and this is so this is the thing i mean this is where we leave off and we'll talk more about her obviously in our story episode and then the character that follows samira uh we'll leave you a little bit of a a trail of breadcrumbs there but and he appears in one of her images so go look at the images all right there's mm -hmm. a little bit of homework for you but we want to talk about the end here um go back to what we talked about about i mean hetch did a great job referencing you know the poor soldier right and how especially in america how we target a specific class for recruitment because we get to offer you know social programs if you sell your body to your government and the other part of this which we've kind of touched on a bit and the story does a great job of uh insinuating is you know, the gaining of inclusivity from a person that's a refugee coming into another country. And you see this in the history of America where you have immigration from, you know, the Irish, you have uh, Italians, you have a bunch of people come over from different countries. And one of their routes that are easiest to get into acceptance in America was through the police force or military acceptance. Mm -hmm. And then once joining those groups, they then take on a subculture uh, within those groups. Like we referenced her tattoos and her fully embracing what it means to be a Noxian soldier and how that completely overshadows her Shereman beginnings. Yep. And uh, luckily, you know, America is probably the largest example of this because, yeah. um, you know, you can just look at any culture that came in through Ellis Island. Yeah. And especially with the heyday of like the early uh, 20th century of immigrants coming in, uh, the Italians really made a name for themselves with their with going to war, the first great war. And serving as translators for a lot of very risky uh, skirmishes in Italy. Yep. And that ended up kind of becoming the base of organized crime later on in the U.S. And then you could fast forward that uh, to the involvement of... Um, uh, the involvement of the Irish and police forces mm -hmm. and then using the Irish police forces going all the way across the nation from Ellis Island all the way to San Francisco uh, to kind of help indoctrinate the um, white power movement that was taking the nation by storm in the early 20th century that we still struggle with today. Um, 
And like, that's just two examples. And I haven't even yeah. talked about how, you know, Native Americans are only accepted here in the US because of a regiment in the army of World War Two that was run by Navajos. And everybody knows the radio whispers of World War Two in America. Yep. So it's like, yeah, thanks, Native Americans. Uh, so like, <laughs> and, and then it's like, oh, like, you want to talk about black history? The only history, black history that they really teach you here in America are the all black regiments uh, from the Civil War yep. to the First Great War to the Second Great War. Like that. It's like, yeah, no, they earned their way uh to being accepted citizens by selling their bodies to the government yeah uh, so yeah we we get that a lot <laughs> i just gave you a rundown <laughs> in a small <laughs> amount but if you want something super concise at a time period that really emphasizes the views before any of this happened look at someone who put it very concisely and most people don't know ben franklin's opinions on immigrants uh that were written down historically. And that will give you the consensus of where they started and how everything he just said happened oh, towards yeah. the ultimate goal of the military indoctrination complex of America. But all that to say, this story clearly states these things because they want you to understand this um, through Samira as a character. And then what they do with Samira is going to further expound on their view on and how- I. I'm glad you said that because I really do feel like Samira is going to be more of a stepping stone to a bigger story that Noxus will be experiencing because yeah. present day Runeterra is kind of at the is kind of after a climactic event yeah. for Noxus because we are now like after Swain has successfully mm -hmm. taken over the military and thus taken over the nation. Um, so but like this is Noxus. They can't just have peace. Oh, hang on a second. Now all these new faces that we're getting for Noxus are refugees. I I think that we're they're building up a bigger story, and I'm very excited to see which direction they go with it. Yeah, once again, right, you have our number. You, <laughs> you know where to find us. We're doing a listen, 127 episodes. And, Come on, baby. Hit us up. And I I will not speak for Ryan here, but Riot, I do accept Samira pictures as payment. <laughs> <laughs> I, but <laughs> we don't know how involved they want a Cuban American and Jamaican Canadian when it comes to <laughs> we'll see we'll see all that being said thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with the next episode <laughs> alright yeah take care everybody <laughs>